And in a similar way, God's word has gone forth. It's went forth through angels, through prophets, through priests, apostles, preachers and teachers. And just as the shepherds had to go to Bethlehem in order to see this thing that had come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us, they said, we too must follow through with God's revelation to us if we are to truly understand his will for our lives. Welcome to The Cleansing Word. We invite you to stay with us as Pastor John Pinnell of Calvary Chapel Lake Villa takes us through a verse-by-verse study from God's Word. Each Monday through Friday, we'll be airing messages to encourage you in your faith that you might grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I hope that you enjoy this broadcast, and I'll return at the close of this teaching to give you more information about our church and how you can obtain a copy of this message. Now here's Pastor John with today's message from God's Word. So today we want to look at the firstborn son from Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. I divided this into four sections. And we first will see a royal decree, verses 1 through 3, a lowly city, verses 4 through 7, an angelic announcement, 8 through 14, and a lowly manger, verses 15 through 20. And so, Father, we pray that you'd bless the teaching of your word this morning. And Father, maybe with the Christmas story, it's just a a fresh reminder of the age-old story and the great gift that you have sent Perhaps, Lord, there's something new you'd like to teach us or refresh in our hearts. We pray, Lord, either way, that your spirit would be among us and work in our hearts this day, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. And then suddenly, verses 13 and 14, suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God, saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And glory to God in the highest. The angel praised God by first singing glory to God in the highest, referring to God the Father in heaven, whose dwelling is in the heights of heaven, who sits on the throne of heaven. And we find that this kind of praise will take place in heaven as well. I, I think that when we come to portions of Scripture that talks about the praise of God in the Bible, that these are perhaps points of scripture that we should memorize. I don't know if they're going to have video screens in heaven for us to see the lyrics when we get there to worship. Maybe the Lord will want us to know the songs. There's something about worshiping the Lord when you know the song. And as a musician, it's even more important to me, although I don't do it very well. But If I know at least the lyrics and don't have to worry about the lyrics and the music, but if I can know both the lyrics and the music and I'm not dependent upon the song sheet in front of me, although leading in worship, I can actually participate in worship because 
I know the words. I know the lyrics. I think it's important for us when we see places in the Bible where it talks about worship that we should perhaps learn the lyrics. That when we are in heaven one day that we'll be able to worship along and we won't have to bump the angel next to us and say, do you got a song sheet? So Revelation 5.13, every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth, which are in the seas and all that are in them, I heard saying, blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. One day all heaven will break out in worship. It's happening in heaven now, and the shepherds saw a glimpse of that here. And they sang peace on earth. Peace is the hope of all mankind. But true peace can only come through the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ. Paul wrote in Ephesians 2, 14 through 17, for he himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, that is the law of the commandments contained in the ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace. Talking about the peace between Jews and Gentiles through the Messiah. Verse 16 of Ephesians 2, that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. Verse 17, and he came and he preached peace to you who were far off and those who are near. Those who are far off referring to the Gentile nations. Those who are near referring to the Jewish nation. Jesus came and he preached peace. And the angels also preached peace. Goodwill toward men, again their message, God who is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Second Peter 3, 9, also extended his goodwill toward us by sending his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. John three sixteen. So the shepherds received the greatest birth announcement ever. Christ our Savior is born. And then a lowly manger, verses 15 through 20. Looking at verses 15 and 16 first. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. So I want you to simply notice that in order to receive the blessing of seeing the Messiah, they had to go check it out. They could have said, wow, that was something. That choir, the best choir I've ever heard in my whole life. You guys ready to turn in and go to bed? The shepherd's obedience then is key in this passage. In other words, the shepherds had received God's word, but it was through their willingness to confirm the angel's announcement that they were able to share in the Messiah's story. And in a similar way, God's word has gone forth. It's went forth through angels, through prophets, through priests, apostles, preachers, and teachers. Many of their testimonies have been recorded in this book we know as the Bible. It's been relayed by the servants of God to the people of God 
to give them instruction. And just as the shepherds had to go to Bethlehem in order to see this thing that had come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us, they said, we too must follow through with God's revelation to us if we are to truly understand his will for our lives. Romans 10, 15 through 17, it says, how shall they preach unless they are sent? And it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace to bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Romans 5, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We have to have a follow through. The shepherds could have stayed out in the field that night and they never would have become part of the Christmas story. Same is true for us today. We don't become part of Christ's story unless we follow through with the word that's been given to us. Verses 17 and 18. Now when they have seen him, meaning seeing Jesus, they made widely known the saying that was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. Shepherds were perhaps not known as evangelists. And so it might have been amazing to hear Christ being proclaimed by the shepherds. But I want you to notice how Luke worded this in verse 17. When they had seen him, Jesus, they made widely known the saying that was told them concerning the child. Who told them the things concerning the child? The angels. They told them that if they go to the city of Bethlehem, they would find a babe in a manger wrapped in swaddling clothes. So the point I simply want to make to us, all they had to do is repeat the story that had been given to them. They had become eyewitnesses to the account, but they didn't make up a new story. They told the story that was told to them. They told the angel's account of what they would discover, and then they gave testimony to that truth. And once again, in the church today, the church needs those who have heard and understood the gospel message, those who have verified its truths historically and spiritually, those who are willing to go forth and share the gospel of Jesus Christ, that we might make it widely known to others. And it could be that people will hear you testify of Jesus and they'll be amazed. You're not a preacher. You're not an evangelist. And yet you're telling me about the wonderful gift of Jesus Christ. How can you know these things? Well, you know, I, I read the Bible and I'm just telling you what the Bible says. I'm just giving you what I've been given. And it's like we learned in the Gospel of John this year when uh, Jesus fed the 5,000. It tells us in that account of the feeding of the 5,000 that Jesus broke the bread, he blessed it, and he gave it to his disciples who then gave it to the multitude. And that's what ministry is. We receive from Jesus, and what we receive from Jesus, we give to others. The shepherds received from the angels the word of God, and what they received, they went and verified it, and then spoke the message that had been given to them. They didn't create a new message, they spoke the message that had been given to them. Psalm 71, 17, and 18 says, O oh God, you have taught me from my youth, and to this day I have declared your wondrous works. 
Verse 18, now also when I am old and gray-headed, O God, do not forsake me until I have declared your strength to this generation, your power to everyone who is to come. I think I'm falling in love with that passage, Psalm 71, 17, and 18, more and more because there is some gray hair up here. There's a white beard. If I would grow my beard, it would be all white now. And so I don't do that. But I think I love this more and more because it speaks of someone who had heard the word from his youth. He had declared it from his youth as a child, as a young man. But now he says, I'm old and gray-headed, but don't forsake me until, until I've declared your strength to this generation. He's talking about an entirely different generation than his own. And yet he wanted to declare God's strength to the current generation, God's power to everyone who is to come. And we have this opportunity. We live in a different generation. Just this morning I read a, uh, a response and I had written, you guys know I'm taking online classes and I'd written the importance of declaring the gospel to a new generation. Maybe I was uh, coming off of this verse right here, I'm not sure. But one of the younger men responded last night, I read it this morning, saying that many of people of my generation, we have given up on the church because they think it's, again, I had said antiquated, that it's not for today. So we think it's not of use today. And number two, there's a lot of problems in the church. The problems in the church, yeah, there's a lot of problems that can happen in the church and in individual churches and in the corporate church. But it doesn't mean that the word of God isn't useful for today. And so this person went on to say, until I heard a message and he named the person and then he realized that the word is for today. Someone took the time to speak the word of God to this generation and someone from this generation grabbed hold of it. And now he is one who is learning more about the truth of God's word that he also can declare it. All the church needs to do is to hear, to confirm it, understand it, and then pass it on. We don't have to recreate. All we need to do is pass on the message that's been given to us. The message is good. God-given message. It is true. It is right. All we need to do is to be like the shepherds. We may be unlikely evangelists, but to make the message of God widely known to others. But for Mary, verses 19 and 20, Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. So being amazed by the angelic announcement in the choir and afterwards finding out everything that had been told them by the angels had occurred just as they had seen. The shepherds first, we'll just back it up to verse 20. They went back to their fields, glorifying and praising God. And I think it's good for us to confirm the things that are in the word of God. Remember, I said earlier that when we question things in the Bible or maybe uh, science questions, things that are written in the Bible, historians may question it. Maybe individuals. I had one of the business owners in our community in November email me and said, I have some questions about the Bible and how things timeline. And uh, we were both out of town at that time. 
And so I need to reconnect with this individual. He has questions. And we can help give answers to those questions to others. And so they confirmed it. And because they confirmed it, they returned to their place as shepherds in the fields, glorifying and praising God. For Mary, though, it was different. On the other hand, Mary, I think she had a deeper understanding concerning the birth of her son. The word tells us that she kept the words. And this word for kept here in the Greek, it refers to preserving or to keep safe. And so almost like having a a little scripture box. She opened up her scripture box. She preserved the words to keep them safe. But it also said that she pondered the words. And to ponder here, and, and we can go back to the scripture box, the word in the Greek means to throw together, but also to put one thing after another. I, I have to tell you that I've never gotten around to something that I wanted to do after my dad passed away. I, I have all his sermons that he preached, all the notes, but they're just in a drawer and they're in no order. And I've often wanted to take them and put them in order, put them in a not maybe order by year, I don't think I'd ever know that, but chronologically through the word of God, it would be a good tool for our family to have. And it would be neat. It just takes time to do that. This pondering is that. It's putting one thing with another, one thing with another, putting them in order. And no doubt Mary considered her own angelic announcement that she had received from Gabriel, along with the angelic visit of Gabriel to Zacharias and the words that Elizabeth spoke to her when she first came to Elizabeth there and the child leaped in Elizabeth's womb. Or perhaps on naming day when John the Baptist was named and Zacharias, his voice opened up again and he prophesied not only concerning his own son, but of the coming Messiah. No doubt she remembered the story that Joseph told her about the angel coming and visiting him in his dreams. And now the shepherds coming to tell of their own uh, angelic announcement. She put all these things together. Nine months earlier, Gabriel told Mary, he will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end. Truly, Mary had much to keep and much to ponder. It may be that we would be willing to make widely known the gospel of Jesus Christ today. Like Zacharias and Elizabeth, Mary, Joseph, the lowly shepherds, the wise men that would soon come in this and be part of this Christmas story, we have also had the privilege of participating in the story of Jesus. If you claim Jesus Christ as your savior today, you're part of his story. Galatians four verses four and five says, but when the fullness of time has come, God sent forth his son born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those who are under the law that we might receive the adoption as sons. And I might say as sons and daughters, we become part of the family of God. But to do so, to participate in the Christmas story, we must obey God's word. And that comes by believing. And the Bible tells us in 
Hebrews 11:6 without faith it is impossible to please him for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him there's a lot of God believing people in our world today who have never received Jesus as their savior so the second step it's necessary to receive Romans 5:17 for if one man's Offense, death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. So after believing, then we have to receive. There needs to be a moment that you can recall, I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior. Believing, receiving, we have to grow. This is part of our growing. We come to hear the teaching of God's word being proclaimed. Peter wrote in 2 Peter 3.18, but grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and forever. Amen. Grow. Now, I know people who have believed that God exists. I know people who have received Jesus Christ as their Savior. I also know some pretty immature Christians out there who have never grown in their faith. You guys ever seen those online, uh, maybe through Facebook or something, and they'll say only like a handful of people can get all these Bible questions right. And I did one of those tests. I got one wrong this week. I think the question was uh, worded poorly. And as I looked to the comments, everybody else said, if they would have worded that question better, so I wasn't the only one. But as I was going through it, I was thinking, our kids in Sunday school could get these right. These aren't that hard. Maybe a majority of the people in the world would get these things wrong. But if you've been raised up in church, grown up in your faith, it wouldn't have been a problem for you either. I have to believe that. But we need to grow. But it's not just to grow and to have no use or purpose for the growth. Fourthly, we have to go. And the Bible tells us in Matthew 28, 19, and 20, Go therefore... And make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And get this, Jesus said, and lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. You know, the one thing that keeps people back, they believe in God, receive Jesus as their Savior, even grow in their faith. They're a little nervous about sharing their faith. Remember, Jesus said, I'm with you. So if you're willing to go, I'll be with you when you go. And I'll help you. And I've discovered that the Lord actually will not only help us, he'll give us the words that we should say. I've also discovered that we may not have all the answers. And I can probably guarantee you that we don't. But I am not afraid to say, you know what? I don't have the answer to that question right now, but would you give me an opportunity to investigate it for you and I can get back with you and then one it gives you room to grow again you got a question that stumped you so you have some growing to do number two it gives you opportunity to if the person says yeah no problem to talk to that person again about Jesus and maybe the second time they'll come to faith remember I said earlier this year that an adult needs to hear the gospel presented seven times before they'll come to faith in Jesus Christ. So maybe you're just the first one to share. Maybe you're number six. 
Maybe you'll be number seven. And you'll get to share that story that has been given to us from a vault of how Christ came as a babe, but ultimately we know gave his life upon the cross that we could be part of the family of God. We thank you, Lord, for your word and for what it's taught us this day. And we pray, Father, that you would just encourage us as your children to be Christ's followers, not only to know you as our Savior, but to grow in our faith and be willing to share that faith with others, that others might be able to believe, receive, grow, and go. I pray, Lord, that that would be the mission of this church and the desire of each one here. We thank you, Lord, for this Christmas season. And we know, Lord, that the emotions of Christmas, well, it can bring so much from just great celebrations with families or remembrance of those who are no longer with us or maybe missing those who are not near us. My Father, I pray that you would let this Christmas season be a time not only reflecting upon our own families and where we're at in this world, but remembering the greatest gift that's ever been given, our Savior, Jesus Christ. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Calvary Chapel is a fellowship of believers in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Our greatest desire is to know Christ and to be conformed into His image by the power of His Holy Spirit. If you would like more information about Calvary Chapel, or if you would like a copy of today's message, please contact us at 847-265-0646. That's 847-265-0646. Thank you so much for joining us today. And may the Lord richly bless you as you worship Him today.